0: BBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello. Thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. The chair of Natural England told us environmental concerns and objectives need to be integrated into every aspect of life, including how we construct our buildings and towns. Tony Juniper spoke to us ahead of his keynote address at the sustainability conference Aspire on Friday. As we approach the summer months, more of us are holding barbecues and there's already been an outbreak of salmonella. The Director of Public Health, Dr Helen Carter, was here with some advice. And raising money for research into childhood cancer, Denise Marsden and Karen Celestia joined me to discuss their dodgeball event this past weekend and their teddy bear picnic this Saturday. But first, it was World Bicycle Day this past Saturday. Around 300 took part in a rally, marking the opening of a new cycle lane that runs from the southern part of the runway to the southern part of Bayside Road. Transport Minister Paul Balban was pleased, but also aware he's not always mr popular new cycle lane which we're here to talk to you about uh, uh, it, it, we're, we're also going to hear from um tony juniper in just a moment because it is world environment day um, but let's uh, let's pick your brains first on on the launch of that cycle lane you must be very excited because it's been a, a, a project that you've championed you it's not just your responsibility but i think you've been very passionate about it
1: absolutely it was incredible to see everyone out there on saturday um more than anything, see those children out there with their parents. Um, It was inspiring. There's been a lot of work that's been carried out to make this a reality um, it's been difficult there's been a lot of backlash I mean people are, are never happy not at all you can't please everyone but I, I genuinely believe that this is good for Gibraltar it's good for the environment and it's good because it provides a another way of moving for those who want to and it's very important and I will make the point that not everyone can cycle or will want to cycle just like not everyone can drive or will want to drive so this just gives us another option and and this is what other cities are doing and i think it's right that we do the same.
0: Okay, well i'll ask you about the backlash in just a moment but first um tell us about talk to us about the support. Um there were between 280 and 300 cyclists i think who attended the rally on saturday. Are you pleased
1: with that turnout? I am extremely pleased. I mean, it's remember, it's a Saturday. People, not everyone is in Gibraltar on that day. And people came out in, you know, in, in a show of strength, really. There was, there was everyone, all sorts of age groups. Um, as I said, the children were, were, were inspiring. And I, I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for more. I was extremely, extremely pleased with the turnout.
0: And do you think that it um, it sort of vindicates the decision to um, to invest in cycling infrastructure because there is a growing community of people who you expect to use it?
1: Absolutely, although we always say that you have to build infrastructure for people to come. Once it's there, people will, will appear. We already have a, a cycling community and they, those that use the e-scooters, and of course lots of them come from across the frontier, and now they find their home within this bicycle and they won't interfere or interfere. Interact with cars on the road, so it will, should make driving that little bit more pleasurable as well. And but it's it's extremely important to provide the the choice for people. And the, I've had a lot of people backing me up, a lot of people pushing me on. But of of course, it's it's a change and as we all know um you know changes change and and people don't react you know very very well to change at first but i think this is an important change especially in view of the environment especially in view of our commitment to the climate emergency uh, and everything that we're doing and i just think we all need to row in the same direction and accept that this is something what that modern cities are doing and we won't stay you know behind them in that respect
0: it is world environment day uh, a day when the united nations encourages worldwide awareness and action to protect our environment, uh, we've been discussing that with uh, the Transport Minister Paul Balban, um, and also with a leading environmentalist who will be speaking at a sustainability conference in Gibraltar on Friday. Tony Juniper uh, says environmental concerns and objectives need to be integrated into every aspect of life, including how we construct our buildings and towns. He's going to be uh, a, a, a keynote speaker, the keynote speaker on Fri- at Friday's Aspire event. He He's the chair of Natural England, a UK government conservation organisation, and he's been an environmental campaigner for around 40 years. Uh, he spoke to my colleague, Cristina Cortez. This conference is taking place in Gibraltar, which uh, I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar with. But obviously, it's a very small place, very densely populated, and we're constantly having new tall buildings going up. So how would you recommend Gibraltar addresses sort of the balance here in a, in a place like this between needing to provide, obviously, housing and um creating a make, ensuring a livable and sustainable environment
2: well gibraltar it's a small place but then if you look at the, the global picture it is an accumulation of small places adding up to a really big thing And so everywhere needs to take action, including crowded places like Gibraltar, which in some ways, you know, mirrors other cities. It doesn't have a big rural area around it, but like many cities, it has limited space and quite a lot of demand uh, for all sorts of of different outcomes, not only for residential and commercial uh, properties, but also for livability and not only in relation to climate change, but also creating beautiful environments where people can live, work and play and bring up their families. And so it's really a, a question of what is the best fit between all of these different challenges and how do we bring them together? And actually, this is another one of my key messages is the extent to which we need to be taking integrated approaches to all of this, because and those other things, affordable housing, economic growth and development, attracting inward investment, they very often trump environmental concerns and so what we have to do in the future is not see environmental challenges as separate to all these other things but to bring them together into an integrated way of, of looking at the future of built environments and then how you do that well obviously there's a role for government uh, in the sense of the policies and the signals that it sends a huge role for the private sector and how they begin to develop different business models. And of course, a role for citizens uh, in demanding all of this and and wanting to see more of it in terms of those beautiful places that are very benign for the environment, but which deliver on all of society's needs.
0: And after so many years of campaigning, uh, you mentioned we're reaching obviously a a dangerous point.
2: Are you optimistic uh, at all about the direction of travel? Do you think that there's there's a chance that those changes will be made? Uh, I I think as an environmental campaigner, you know, you, you have to wake up every morning and go to bed every night as an optimist. Uh, because the chances uh, of us now avoiding very significant impacts, they're going down day by day the longer we leave this to take the decisive steps that are needed. And so I think in order to exploit the last chances that are now there, we need a very high level of optimism that we can do this. And I think we have every good reason for that. If you look at history and how people have adapted to to major challenges in the past and how we've brought forward different kinds of technologies and ways of doing things, I think you know this is something that is still within our gift. And so we have to be optimistic about our ability to do this. Combination of shifting attitudes, technological innovation, leadership from politicians, And from business leaders, I think, could still get us through uh, the uh, the opportunity that remains into a good place on the far side. But we, we have no moment now to pause because we've left it so late in the day. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Good afternoon
0: to the Director of Public Health, Dr Helen Carter. Uh, how are you, Dr Carter? Um,
3: i very well, thank you. Glad
0: Thanks. to hear it. And um, and today marks, um, uh, I suppose, a significant moment in in, in our uh, evolving story with the COVID-19 pandemic, which is now no longer officially a pandemic. Uh, but the challenge that uh, remains is to de-escalate a lot of the measures that were taken. Uh, and today, for example, you're, you're winding back the use of masks in the hospital uh, to reflect reflect the decreased severity or or decreased concern about the risks associated with COVID-19?
3: Yes, we're stepping back measures today in terms of the wider usage of mask wearing. Um, But just to remind people, sadly, although it's not a global pandemic anymore, COVID is still there. We are still identifying uh, people who are at risk and vulnerable those who would benefit from antiviral treatment so if people are ill they can still phone 111 for advice.
0: And should they want healthcare care professionals to wear masks in their presence then the uh, GHA's view is that that view should be respected?
3: Yes what we're doing is very much risk assessing the patients so we should know if you're coming in, if you've got a weakened immune system, all the tasks that we're doing, if it's an aerosol generating procedure, we'll get the healthcare professional to pop on a mask. Yes.
0: And, uh, you know, we're moving beyond or, 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 or if you like, COVID-19 is becoming just another of the things that we talk about in the context of public health. Uh, and, um, and you wanted to, to talk about another today, salmonella, uh, because it's getting hotter and we're, we're preparing more food for barbecues, etc. And this brings risk.
3: Absolutely. We want to sort of challenge people's uh, opinions around uh, getting an upset tummy, diarrhea and vomiting is part of summer. Um, we know that there are risks here and we have currently experiencing a salmonella outbreak in Gibraltar. We've had a small number of individuals really quite poorly and hospitalised requiring treatment, hence why we're going to be doing a week of awareness raising. Um, and I'm working with the environmental department around that, raising basic, you know, Hand hygiene, messages, wash your hands. If you're handling raw eggs, for example, wash your hands, cook the eggs really well. If you're handling raw meat, cooked meat, as we know we like our barbecues in the summer, um, make sure you don't mix the raw meat, the cooked meat, think carefully about it. And indeed, if you've got prolonged or severe symptoms of diarrhoea and vomiting, phone 111 for advice because we've had four outbreak control meetings to date trying to find out where the source of infection is. We haven't managed to locate that yet. So, if you do end up with a, a positive Salmonella result, we might well be contacting you to interview you and try and find out a bit more where you might have contracted it from.
2: On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. An inaugural
0: dodgeball event was held uh, at the Europa Sports Complex this weekend uh, to raise money for research into childhood cancer. And um, the organisers are here now. Denise Marsden and, um, and Karen Celestia, thank you for joining us. I think, Denise, that the idea was uh, inspired um, by your daughter who was the captain of her dodgeball team at university.
4: That's right, um... Tara, my daughter, was captain of the ladies team at Sheffield Hallam and she always talked about, you know, that it was a sport um, that everybody could access, you know, it's um, and, and it was very much a fun thing. And so we thought, you know, there have been so many different sporting events going on in Gibraltar, but I don't think anybody has ever organised a dodgeball no. event. So we thought we'd go ahead and, and try it out. Um, and to be honest, we were close to... Um, postponing it because we realised at a very late date um, that it was the same weekend as the Walk for Life which is such an established uh, and and brilliant um, um, charity event in Gibraltar and a lot of people said that they couldn't take part because they were already committed but we had four teams who, who were really keen so we went ahead with it and it's it worked out really well and we've learned a lot from it. And now they they thoroughly enjoyed it and they said they're going to spread the word as well. So I'm Excellent. really glad we went on with it.
0: OK, great. So, um, I mean, you, you're you organising um, these events, uh, this one, and, and then uh, you've got a, a teddy bear picnic this coming weekend?
4: Yeah, a d- completely different audience. Yeah. And... Uh, Karen works at the nursery at St. Joseph's, um, so she came up with this idea. Yeah, if you, if we also had um, Margaret Sacarello, founder of
5: Rick. She had a, a massive bed donated to her some years back, and... She thought of raffling it and then we thought, well, maybe we could put it to more use because it's so big that nobody's going to want this in in the house or in the flat. So we came up with the idea of the teddy bear's picnic and COVID came. So he was sat down in her bedroom for another two and a half (laughs) (laughs) years until now. Now he's sitting in my house. Um, And um, hopefully he will be down in Commonwealth on Saturday for everyone to meet. Uh, And we've got lots of different uh, arts and crafts activities for the children to take part in. We're going to have a storytelling corner. We're going to have a big parachute where we're going to play circle games. Uh, We invite the children to come along and bring their own teddy with them to make it a bit more fun and enjoyable for them. How
0: lovely. What what time on Saturday?
5: At 10 o'clock, Commonwealth Park, and we're going to be there till around 2. So they don't have to be there the whole length of the time, obviously. It's just like pop in, try out a few of the arts and crafts activities, listen to a story, and then maybe they can move on if they've got other things planned for the day. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kellyanne Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar, Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.